three, four, get my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive. Six, seven, eight, feeling great. Nine, gonna shine, life is good. I'm doing fine, ten, gonna do it right and do it again, yeah. I look into the sky with all the beautiful color, but there's more than just for me, so gonna share it with another. I got to show to give. Let Welcome to Lingerie Lowdown's podcast, a place full of inspirations and relatable people, helping you instill that self-belief and sharing advice you can apply to your own life through using the wonderful platforms of lingerie. Because wearing the right underwear isn't just about physically looking good or doing it for someone else. It's about loving and embracing who you are for you. Today, we have a rather saucy young lady, I have to say, the beautiful Roslandia. Roslandia, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you doing? Oh, I thought you'd like that introduction. Um, <laughs> I've been I've been following Roslandia for a little bit, so um, I, I felt that was quite apt in terms of introduction for her because she is she is someone who feels very empowered right now. And if you were to watch her on Instagram as well, she is a big advocate of you embracing your own power, feeling sassy, feeling good within your own skin, and not giving a damn what anybody thinks. Am I right or am I wrong? You're 100% right. <laughs> um, correct. I, I'm, I'm really glad. I'm actually really looking forward to this because um, I want to get down to the nitty gritty of what makes Roslandia Roslandia because I think in this uh, day and age, especially where we are right now, we are coming from, we're going through a spiritual awakening. That's what we're doing. We are waking up uh, globally and I think you're a great example of that. So I'd love to kind of dive into who you are as a person, where you've come from and where you stand now and as to how you got there. Of course, this is lingerie lowdown. So we're going to be talking about the lingerie on the way because lingerie and modeling in itself is a great empowering tool if you use it the right way. So mm -hmm. first question who are you? So who are you? So where, where did you, what's your background? Where did you start? Where, where were you born? Let's go there. Well, I am originally from Russia. Both of my parents are Russian. So I'm 100% from Russia with love. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was born there. And then when I was five, we moved to Holland to a pretty small city called Enschede. And that's like right on the border of Germany. Right. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of where I was raised for the first 13 years there. And then at some point I decided when I grew up, you know, I got my own opinions and I kind of knew what I wanted. And I really felt like I didn't fit in there because it's like it's too small of a city for me. I felt like I couldn't grow there. My whole Russian language and English language, like my English skills, they I couldn't even use them anywhere there because it wasn't needed in at that place, basically, like. How, like, if I would describe the airport here in Amsterdam, for example, I mean, I could use my languages here because it's such an international city. But there it was basically useless and I didn't feel at home there. And it's just too much of a village mentality. So that's why I moved to Amsterdam at first with a good friend of mine. And he left shortly after we moved there. So I basically stayed there alone and... Through all of the hassle and trying to stay here, yeah, I managed to stay here. And I think I've been living here for almost seven years. Wow. So I kind of have been traveling around the country. And yeah, my next step is hopefully somewhere to another country soon. 
Hmm. So this this is where you've you've made home. So, so would you say that you uh, I don't know that you you feel like home is everywhere that you like to make bases in different places or that you'd like to go and experience different cultures or anything like that? Yeah, like you said it. I feel like Mother Earth is already home. I mean, home is wherever your heart is. But at the same time, I feel like. I already I've already said a couple of years ago like I when I get older and I have like the financial freedom that I want I will want to have different homes different houses at different places so maybe one in Russia maybe one in Amsterdam maybe one in India somewhere or Australia because I don't know it's I don't feel like I I want to be stuck at one place because there's so many cultures to explore, especially since I moved to Amsterdam. Amsterdam, like every time I walk past people, like 99%, I speak to them in English because they're not even Dutch, they're tourists, no matter where I am. So I've seen so many different people and have heard so many different stories and I cannot wait to travel around the world. Yeah, I feel you on that one, girl. I absolutely feel you on that one. I feel um, because you're the type of person, I, I think this is why I relate to you so much. You're the same type of personality with me. As I, I just, I, I'm, I'm good at communicating. I've got no problem communicating when it's a stranger mm-hmm. or what have you. I just think it's a conversation. And it leads on to so many different things, opportunities and new people to meet. So it's, it's so, so exciting. And I love that. I love that you, you've got that free-spiritedness about you. Is that from birth then? Have you always been this kind of like tigress in that sense where you're just like, I want to go do something, I'm going to go do something? Well, the funny thing is that when I was a little kid, still living in Russia, I was actually very shy. And I I was telling this story to a friend of mine a couple of days ago. I was like, I was the kind of girl that had to ask my mom if my mom could ask the person something like, mom, can you please ask if I could use the bathroom here? Mom, can you please ask dad? So I was very like, I don't know. Timid. Yeah. Which is the opposite of what I am now, because honestly, I was walking at the station here in Amsterdam and there's mainly just tourists here. And I was with a friend of mine, so I could do these things because he's he looks pretty normal to me. So he he, he makes it look I'm not totally crazy, but I was walking around and I was like, people be happy. There's no reason to be sad. It's your own like decision. It's a state of mind. There's so many things, so many reasons to be happy about. I was literally walking around like this and people looked at me like, whoa, because I was talking to him about the fact that it's normal to be in a metro or a train and people be sitting like this. But when you're smiling and being goofy, everyone is looking at you like you're crazy. So it's like the new standard to be sad or depressed. No, it's I'm so true. That. Well, <laughs> we say new standard, and I love that. I love that about you. Uh, we say new standard, but that's actually been a standard for a very long time, which is a standard that we want to drop because we know that it doesn't do much. Like it, we just yep. seem to be chasing our tail or stuck in a place. And you're mm-hmm. right. You are one of those rare b- breeds at the moment that are walking around and kind of defibrillating people, you know, shocking them into reality and being <laughs> like, it's a choice. Like it's not a destination, which is fantastic. So, that is so intriguing what you said there that you were quite the timid one when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Now, 
for you to be timid when you were younger and then for you to be this character right now, what happened along the way? When did you start to realize that you were changing or when you, is there a poignant moment for you of when you started to get your confidence? Because I wonder if it is tied in with the lingerie and modeling. Is that when it started, you started to get a bit more confidence? Well, the, I would want to separate it in two different things because it's one part of being getting woke kind of and then the second part is of executing it so i can have my thoughts and beliefs but if i don't speak it out then it's still inside of me so i would say that it went gradually that i started realizing things and noticing things like for example at school that i traveled all the way to amsterdam from Enschede for two hours to go to school because i wanted to move here that bad and to have like, I was like, oh, if I have study here, then maybe it's easier to move. And I was finished with this class. And I asked the teacher, like, what can I do now? Can I leave, please? I have to travel two hours. She was like, no, just listen to music. Like, okay, so I finished. I did what you asked me to do. And you want, just want me to sit here, do nothing. That's just one example of when I realized, like, hmm, something's off with how this world is. But the major breakthrough, like, when I was speaking it out, like vocally, I think Lingerie Loda has a very big part of it. Like it is a big part of it because being in front of the camera and knowing that so many people see me, it's like I'm, they're looking at my authentic me. I cannot hide anything in front of the camera. We're reviewing lingerie. I mean, you're showing all of your skin, all, everything. And the way I speak in front of the camera, because I don't like to have all of these cut scenes, I would like to go from the from the beginning to the end. That gives you that. It basically you cannot take any information out, so it's just go with the flow. And that's when I I think I trained myself a little bit to to yeah. It's not even trained. I think I, it just opened me up more and because of lingerie lowdown i also had a couple of jobs of naked modeling for when people draw so it's like a form of art and it all it's all a conjunction of each other but i really definitely think that lingerie lowdown is the beginning of it because in 2017 when i started i was very hesitant about it i first said no i was like "Mm, i'm not sure i want to be on camera in lingerie so I really first rejected it because my Maria and Anastasia, they were already doing this. And later I changed my mind. So, and that's how, when it all started. I think, I think you're right. I, I do think some people um, probably misread it in that way. Uh, and they've got every right to, to protect themselves because as we were just talking about the world, um, probably has some uglies in it, you know, and you've got to protect yourself mm-hmm. as much as you can. And and some sometimes a wolf will approach in a sheep clothing. But um, I'm glad I took the chance for this because you're you're 100 percent right in what you said there. It is a door opener. It's not a door opener just for other opportunities. It's a door opener for your own confidence to step forward. And if you practice something enough times you start to get comfortable in what you're doing. And that's what I was starting yeah. to not just com- get comfortable in front of the camera and speaking. I was getting comfortable in my own skin. I was getting comfortable in the fact that 
there was some real authenticness, as you were saying, globally of other girls doing the exact same thing, where we were sitting down and we might have a bit of fat roll or what have you, or we're showing our little tiger marks. It doesn't matter, but we were being our absolute selves. And there's, I think I was coming away from modeling a little bit about two years ago because I started to feel so fake. I started to feel so away from who I actually was because all my pictures were heavily edited. I was always mm-hmm. like very pristine and all these kinds of model looks where me as a person on my own is actually very zany and weird and animated. That's yeah. what I am. So it was totally opposite. So I started rejecting it. So when you when we come into something like lingerie lowdown, it does a lot for people. So that's amazing to actually hear that this platform in itself, not just lingerie, but this platform in itself has helped you with its confidence. Do you, I mean, do you yeah. speak this is this is quite an interesting topic now because your parents are Russian, r- organic Russian. As you yeah. Um, do they know about like your the lingerie type of things or like how 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 out there you are with it? You know that you've got kind of no um, no fear when it comes to this kind of stuff, or are they quite judgmental? Or well, let's just start with my dad. I have lost contact with him many years ago, so we can just drop that whole part of it bye dad um bye (laughs) um my mom yeah she still lives in Enschede and we are like we're just like full contact they I mean they brought the dog here so I'm checking up on him they went on holiday uh and my mom I must say she had a little like it was hard for her to accept it but I think that's mainly because uh, where she lives in Enschede, as I said, the mentality of those people is so close-minded. And once they see lingerie, they immediately have that view like, oh my God, what are you doing? How can you? Do you have any respect for yourself? That's where they come from. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So just because we put it out online, I mean, do you know how many females wear lingerie just behind closed doors? But because we do this what that makes us bad people that have no self-respect so it was pretty hard for her to accept but I think the way I dealt with it and because I stayed true to myself and was not one of those girls who does things for money or just for the cloud for the fame you know because I sincerely like doing this I think over time she started accepting it and she actually like supports me and sometimes when maybe something doesn't really fit me very nice, I show it to her. And she's like, oh, I like that. Thank you. Oh, that's so, amazing. Yeah. But I think that helped her open up a little bit more, too. But at the same time, you know, she works with kids at school. So it's like a sensitive topic, I think. And, of course, when you work in that kind of uh, sector, then, yeah, it's just sensitive. Because you work with kids and you have certain rules at school, apparently. I mean, she cannot have the kids on social media, that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm totally with you on that one. And I hope I hope later on in life, it's probably going to be in our generation, we're going to be able to see this through, where not everything to do with lingerie is sexualized, that it is actually just a no, it's just enough. Why? I, I said it the other day, I, I actually went to the beach. It was my, my birthday and we went to the beach and I was wearing a bikini and I just sat there and I thought like most people around me were wearing bikinis or that the guys were wearing shorts. And I was like, how on earth, how on earth is this socially acceptable 
and lingerie isn't. I have no idea, like, what the difference is. It's crazy. What, just because that's silk and that's nylon? It's really, really strange. Um, but you're right. It's It's been – a lot has been fed to us for a very long time as what's right, what's wrong, what's good, mm-hmm. what's bad, what's sex, what's not, and all this kind of stuff. Yep. And I just think, actually, if we're a little bit more freer about it and, you know, if even if we went into teaching into schools where sex education wasn't just about a dildo in front of you and putting a condom on it, uh, it was just mm-hmm. more about actually – where the G-spot was, what a clitoris does, and all that kind of stuff, then people will just, they'll be like, oh, okay, there's no this shame there's in, in like finding porn and wondering what it is, mm-hmm. curiosity or this um, overpowering thing where they feel like they've, maybe, maybe it could lead on to not so, so much sexual assault because of this curiosity that, yeah. that kind of, you know, you, you have no idea what this kind of suppressed weird thing that we have about us shaming our bodies and hiding away from it does to people. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I've got it now. You probably have this, have had the same. Some members of my family as well. You could talk about a body part, whether it be a vagina, whether it be a period, whether it be whatever it is. And it's like they get shivers, they feel ill, they, they want to look away and they're just like, well, be mm-hmm. quiet. And it's just like, it's very, very natural. So I love that your um, your mum, I mean, that's fantastic that your mum's just like, okay, I'm coming into this, I'm understanding. But you're still respecting boundaries with the whole school thing because, you know, there's not much that you can do about that. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. So... What else are you into? I would like to know at least three personal things about you. Three personal things about Rosalandia. What would you be able to tell me? Well, first of all, I would like to say that I am a very proud vegan. Me too. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what led you to veganism? Well, apart from the physical? Um, I feel I feel almost awkward saying this because like all vegans that I've ever met they all go vegan for the animals like vegan for the animals and here I am just going vegan for my health so so well let me just explain quickly what I mean with health I've always had problems with like my stomach bowels like that whole system as a kid I was born with it as my mom told me like I just got nauseous real fast or I just didn't feel good. I felt sick. I couldn't take some kind of foods or when it was too fatty and stuff like that. So I have tried all kinds of diets that exist in a whole wide world, everything. And then uh, Maria who was also here at Lingerie Lowdown. She turned vegan, I think by now, like four years ago. And she kept telling me, like, maybe you should stop eating meat because meat stays in the bowels for 72 hours. I mean, you can understand that it takes a lot more work to digest that kind of stuff. And then I found out that I'm lactose intolerant. No doctor alive told me that, could tell me that, told me that. I figured it out myself. So that was, by the way, also the moment when I decided to be my own doctor and that I know that I probably know more about myself than doctors know. So. That's where it started. I stopped eating meat and dairy products, and I already didn't eat that many eggs the last month. So I was like, yeah, whatever. And then fish was the last thing that I gave up maybe a year later. Because sometimes when I visited my mom, she didn't have like much stuff to eat for me. So I just ate some salmon or whatever. But for the rest, yeah, I turned vegan for that reason. And then later I realized how much it is affecting our planet. I mean, Mother Earth that we walk on, it's our living place. How much harder we make it. And that if you take away a whole 
field of food for the animals or to animals to walk over. Like you could put foods for humans and so many people could not die of hunger anymore. That really affected me. I was like, man, what are we even doing? I don't even feel comfortable eating meat, even if I would want to, because people say it tastes so good. Well, that whole image went straight out of my head. And yeah, especially now that I've seen videos that I found out what happens to animals and all of these, how do you say it in English? Like the places where they kill them, torture yeah, them. Houses, I yeah. was like, when you see that with your own eyes, I cannot even look at it. And I cannot, it just made me feel bad that I, I was a part of it, not directly, but as Maria always says, they don't have a voice, the animals, but I do. And my little dog here, I cannot imagine. I can, it's also an animal. It has the same heart and feelings and emotions like a cow. So, nope, that was not for me. A whole lot of nope for you. Well, um, personally, mine mine was just because I um, I could feel very heavy after eating meat. And obviously you'd eat meat sometimes mm-hmm. two times, three times a day. So I, I cut it down to one times a day, but I'd still feel so lethargic and I just didn't understand Definitely. what that was. Um, and once I cut that out, I just couldn't believe how light and how much energy I had. It was crazy. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to miss this. I'm really going to miss me. Haven't looked back once. It really did not do anything. And um, I wouldn't say I'm a militant vegan because, you know, if you are going to be a militant vegan, then you will live in a wood, in the woods, in a shack, because yeah. you've got rubber tires for your wheels. You've got probably leather and things that you don't know, palm oil, all sorts of different things. So it's crazy to live so, so vegan because we can only do what we can with the knowledge that we have at that precise moment. And mm-hmm. as I said, if I'm out and about somewhere and I really want to have something or try something, then I'm going to try something. I'm not going to keep myself back. But if you can imagine, if if everyone kind of adopted just what we were doing now, it would be crazy. But that's another whole big conversation, I am absolutely sure. But it's good to mm-hmm. get a good understanding of, of who you are and what you're about. So um, you're talking about your veganism. What is your other two things that are really personal to you? And music is a part of my life. To start with that music, when I was a little kid, it helped me through a lot of dark times. When I felt very horrible, I would just plug in my earphones and just the whole world shuts down and it's just me and my music and it would be all kinds of artists even. But it just made me feel like I am not alone. Like if someone is rapping or singing about something, I'm like, whoa, like, you know about all of that stuff, even if I could be all alone in a room. But just listening to it, like, that's how it already started. And now uh, I cannot tell much about it now because it's like a hassle. We're not even sure about the date, but me and my friend, uh, I, uh, well, how do you say that in English? I signed up for this uh, music game show with my friend because the second that I saw that that, that I received the email, I was like, oh, my God, we got to do this. He is like he has so much knowledge on music just like me and for a 26 year old he's always astonished by how much i know about all of these songs from the 80s the 70s i mean i listened to elvis presley when i was 15 and michael jackson when i was i don't even know how old i was i was maybe 15 14 12 even i was listening to thriller as if my life depended on it we had a break in between school and I, we could go back home for an hour and the break ended at 1 
p.m. and at 12 12:55 thriller came on mtv no 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 it was the box oh my god it was the box i don't know if you know what that is but we had the box here and it went on and it was the extended version of like seven something minutes 10 i don't even remember and i just couldn't leave home i was always late and it happened so often and just already that and yeah that's why i was like okay this game show we really got to do it because as i said like i'm a pretty emotional person i don't think take things personally but i feel emotions a lot so i can get very excited about a plate of food so imagine if i can be on some kind of music quiz i was like whoa that's awesome that's amazing <laughs> that is oh, yeah yeah so and also fun. one thing that I just want to mention that I just read about today, something about Britney Spears, that free Britney Spears. When I heard about that, I was like, whoa, because I've been a major Britney Spears fan. I even told the production of that quiz that I grew up with her. She's like, Britney Spears, if you mention anything. And then I read about it, and it actually hit me personally. I don't even know the woman. I mean... I'm just a fan, but it really, I got tears in my eyes. So it's like certain artists, music, it, it is very like a big part of my life very much. And just to touch on what you were talking about then, there is a, a campaign right now called Free Britney to Free Britney Spears because, mm-hmm. um, well, I say right now, this has been going on for 12 years plus, um, obviously do as much research as you can we can, we can only touch on it very lightly within our podcast yeah try it um but it, it's talking about her being under a contract that her father and her husband or boyfriend is 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 caught up in as well so they're basically mm-hmm. rulers of her world um she is a money maker for them she brings in the dollar she's not allowed to spend it there's there's loads of different um terms and conditions to to her life basically and this is why she looks like she's gone mental a few times because they put her on anti uh, well psychotic drugs and um she's been losing the will to live a lot of the time so she's actually trapped where she is and she's been sending a lot of messages to her fans via tiktok as to where her whereabouts are and what's been going on through signs so if you want to go read up on that then go read up on that but yeah absolutely i'm all about the free britney um movement as well which is horrific but there's so many things that are going on that are horrific right now. There's there's lots and mm-hmm. lots, lots lots of big change. But well, I'm going to have to stop it there, which I know I know you're all probably really disappointed in me. However, there's still so much to talk about, so we are definitely gonna have to come back for a part two. Now in our part two, we have some really exciting news that we're going to be revealing as well. So you've got to come back because we're going to go into more depth about Roslandia and her beautiful life and where she stands now. So we'll see you very soon. Thank you once again for joining us. You look after yourselves and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.